Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Well, what, what do you think of disclosure? Because, you know, I keep telling Steve Bassett it's not going to happen from government. What do you think? I agree with you about 99%, but... Given the shifts that are going on, you know, George, what's government anymore? I mean, one of the things that at least I'm discovering in this this really chaotic political era that we're in, because and I do think people should pay attention to politics if they're into the UFOs and the aliens, because this is really a reflection of what's going on in the background, is that there is this really deeply embedded national security state, the deep state, they're calling it, that really does manipulate information. I mean, and and we used to, a lot of us used to poo-poo that, and now it's like, wow, there really is this very, very powerful force out there, this group of people who are trying to push certain narratives down our, our throats. And, you know, one of the things that's happening is that if, if, you know, if Trump were to emerge victorious in this war that's going on right in front of our faces, one of the casualties would be this deep state. And who knows what's going to come falling out of that? I mean, who who knew that we would find out all this information about the Nazi bell out of a bunch of documents that were held in secret by the East German government for 30 or 40 years until the Soviet Union collapsed? And so I think that we may actually have some sort of offhand disclosure where we just discover that that a lot of the things that we've alleged for years are true. But I'm with you in the sense that I don't think any president or any UN chairman or leader is ever going to go on TV and say, yeah, there's aliens. We lied to you about it for 70 or 80 years. Because when you're in that political position, you know, you're at the top of the political food chain and you don't have anywhere to go but down. That's, that's you, right. When you introduce a destabilizing element into the body politic, right, you have nowhere to go but down. And I just don't see anybody on top ever saying, oh, gosh, yeah, I'm going to put this out here and let's just see what happens. I'm not too worried about what it, what it does to me or whether I end up in prison or whatever. I, I'm with you. I don't see that happen. But God bless Steve. We, we need him out there fighting for it every day. Michael, I've got Stanton Friedman as one of my guests tomorrow night on the show. I, you know, the 70th year of Roswell has come and gone uh, several mm-hmm. weeks ago. What do you think of that entire story? Well, you know, I remember, you're probably, we're, we're close in age, and you probably re- remember the old TV show In Search Of, where the first Jesse Marcel interviews were done. And, yes. And where he talked, and I remember re- hearing the story then, and I was like, gosh, they, there was a, a thing where they officially came out and said we had a flying saucer, and then they pulled it back, and there's this guy who seemed very genuine to me, you know, saying that he would, you know, he had handled this this material and that he'd been forced to lie about it. And um, in the course of researching my new book, Hidden Agenda, which is about the secret space program, I discovered that General Ramey's family said that he had admitted to them that he had lied about it. And he was very embarrassed about the fact that he'd been forced to lie about it. So you have all this weight of evidence that says, hey, um, you know, something uh, probably extraterrestrial crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. 
um, a long time ago. And then there's all this other weird stuff with Roswell. You know, George, you have Edgar Mitchell was born there. What are the odds that one of the, <laughs> the you know, Apollo 14 on the moon? Yeah. yeah actually was born in Roswell, New Mexico. Who who ended up believing in UFO visitations. Exactly. And, 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 you know, what are the odds that he was born in Roswell? And then Robert Goddard was doing his original rocket research in Roswell. And then, you know, we found out later that that there was this nuclear bomber test wing there. So having said all that, it's like, wow, I can see why the aliens would be interested in it. Maybe they started paying a lot closer attention to us after we started setting off nuclear bombs. Maybe they were monitoring the bomber wing there to see what we were going to do with the nuclear weapons and all this other stuff. And then maybe something happened and, and they crashed and and all that fits. But see, what I don't get, happen. Michael, is they come zillions of miles away and then they crash here. That I don't get. No, I don't get it. And and one theory that I've had that was put forward, I think Whitley Strieber put it forward in, in his novel Majestic, is that that the crash was actually staged by the aliens in order to to try to make contact with us because they were trying to make contact in other ways and just couldn't get through to us. Now, now that that I can kind of argue, but George, as I was researching Hidden Agenda, you know, what I I went and looked at the at the Kenneth Arnold sighting, and you know, there's an argument out there that what Kenneth Arnold actually saw was a test squadron of Horton HO229 German fighter bombers that were being developed, jet fighter bombers that were flying wings that were being developed by the Nazis late, late, late in World War II. And, you know, I mean, McCord Air Force Base, it was right near McCord Air Force Base. That was a very remote area of, of America at that time. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people living through there now, but at the time Arnold had his side in that area around Mount Rainier was just uninhabited, right? And, um, and, you know, their behavior was very similar to a flying wing. One of the reasons why flying wings were never successful until the 1990s, the B-2, was because it's an inherently unstable airframe, which means sure. it's really a beast to fly, right? Do you think and, they got those wings up in the air? Yeah, and I think that that accounts for Arnold talking about how they're skipping and wobbling and all these different weird things that they were doing because they were probably a nightmare to fly. And, and then... You know, after he had his sighting and everything broke in the news and there was this incredible craze for two weeks, logically, if you think about it, what would the response to the of the deep state be at that point? Well, gosh, we thought we were safe flying these things out of McCord. Now we can't fly them out of McCord. we got to find someplace even more remote to test these things. What would be more remote than, at the time, Mount Rainier, Washington? Well, how about Roswell, New Mexico, where you hmm. already have a secret base and a fighter bomber? So then, yeah, because if you look at the descriptions of what crashed at Roswell, they're crescent-shaped, and crescent-shaped is a great way to describe this German bomber. And I think there's a, a I think it's a 50-50 possibility. Well, how do you that. explain the three little bodies that the mortician Glenn Dennis talked about? Well, remember, those stories came out later, and there's a lot of people kind of piling on the whole Roswell bandwagon later on. So I think those are harder to, like, they're harder to incorporate in the story and say, yeah, gosh, why didn't this come out immediately? Why didn't Marcel mention bodies? Um, and and yet at the same time, it's kind of, again, that's kind, of a, it's kind of a flip of the coin, because you could say that there's some questions about the fact that those stories came out a lot later, or you can say, well, gosh, it was just somebody, you know, finally having the courage to come forward. And then that kind of discredits the whole German 
fighter bomber flying wing theory. So, you know, I just think it's after all this time, it's really up in the air. But what we're stuck with, what we have, the fact that we cannot ignore is the fact that the U.S. government said to the world, we have a flying disc. And and change the story. And then change the story. And and something very serious went on. I really doubt it was a mogul weather balloon. And, you know, again, there's the Ramey memo, which, you know, flipped around and enhanced that they took pictures of, does talk about bodies. So if there were little alien bodies, and again, maybe there were two crash sites, like Stan Friedman is a is a you know, great expert on all this stuff. Maybe there were two crash sites, one where there were no bodies recovered and one where there were. So to me, it's a story that will just keep on um, keep on intriguing us, I think, for, for decades to come. I don't think I think it's going to outlive you and me before we know the truth. Well, what do you think of the entire possibility that we have been visited by extraterrestrials? Yes or no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's 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 just interesting because, you know, I've been lucky enough to do a couple of reality shows um, and hopefully I'll be doing another one uh, soon. And, it, it, you know, it's I've talked to people that are abductees. I've interviewed them as part of the process. And, you know, I haven't that really wasn't my thing when I started out. But, you know, you're talking to these people and, and you know, very sweet women and and very nice guys that have obviously been through something incredibly traumatic. Um, and, you know, you look at them and they're telling you these stories and it, it, it's just not coming off as fake or false. It just doesn't come off that way. And so I have a very hard time saying that, you know, these people haven't had contact. I don't believe them because they seem very sincere and very genuine. And the other thing that's a trigger for me too, is that, Sometimes when you deal with these people that have had these experiences, there's always a little edge of, of crazy about them. And, and to me, that does not call their testimony into question. It reinforces it. Because, George, if you had an encounter with an extraterrestrial entity of some kind, if you had an encounter with a being from another world, it would make you or me or any normally sane person more than a little bit crazy. It would it would really get under your skin and it would really change who you are. And I think the bottom line is that if somebody had that experience and didn't seem a little bit crazy, at least, I would say that they probably were fantasizing. I mean, it would or... be exciting, nerve-wracking, mm-hmm. all of the above. Well, you know, remember, George, if you wake up face up, probably going to be a good experience but if you wake up face down you got to be worried about that if you don't wake up at all then you got a serious <laughs> problem <laughs> anyway um you know yeah so i would expect people to be weird and and that doesn't discount their testimony to me that reinforces it so having had that personal experience and having seen luckily seen two ufos myself both of them associated with you know uncovering aliens the show that i did for discovery um I, you know, I'm thoroughly convinced they're here, and I'm thoroughly convinced they're directly interacting with certain individuals. Why, how, what the agenda is, what the multiple different agenda is, agendas are, I, you know, I think is still up in the air, and I, I, I try to remain optimistic about these things. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.